When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Ugh! I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? Oh, you think for yourself? We like that around here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Both major political parties and pretty much all of the candidates and office holders say making health care affordable is a top priority and to some degree, they say it's the government's job to make that happen. Well, there's plenty of debate about the government's role in all of this after all these years, of course, but why would anybody oppose what somebody says is a rule that limits the prices for prescriptions. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us here on American Viewpoints, joined by Phil Kirpin from American Commitment. And Phil, first of all, thanks for the time today. And, and secondly, what is it that's proposed right now when it comes to rules that would limit prescription drug prices? I mean, we'll talk about the good and the bad of it, but what's actually proposed right now? Well, great to be with you, Mike. There, there are several proposals that have kind of been in play and on the table. Probably the most extreme is the Nancy Pelosi approach of having government effectively set the prices. Uh, and if companies don't go along with that, put a very, very confiscatory tax on them as a uh, punishment, essentially, for not going along with that. Less extreme uh, proposals from both Biden and Trump have suggested different ways to link U.S. prices to foreign prices as a way to uh, you know, prevent other countries from paying less than we're paying. And that has a lot of appeal, but there's a downside to that also. Yeah, let's talk about the appeal first, because it seems like a really easy sell, uh, for instance, to people in middle age whose parents are older or to the seniors themselves to say, listen, we're going to protect you from these greedy drug companies, and we're going to pass a rule that says they can't charge you these extreme high prices because you have a right to access the medicine that you need. That sounds really good. What is it that's missing in that message, in your opinion? Well, it is good uh, in the short term. It's good in the near term. Everyone would like to pay less uh, when they go to the pharmacy counter. There's no question about that. The harm comes uh, in the form of the harm from all price controls. And of course, you know, when we had price controls for gasoline in the 70s, it was obvious that the consequence was shortages because you had long lines and uh, no, no more uh, available today and all that kind of stuff. The shortages that you get with prescription drug price controls are in some ways even more insidious because you don't see them. You don't know what the new cures would have been that are not developed as a consequence of that return on capital not being available. And so the real danger is that government comes in and sets prices, uh, and those prices uh, might be wonderful in the near term for the drugs that we already have, and that would be great. Uh, but the, the danger is all the drugs that you don't get, that don't get developed as a consequence of that economic incentive no longer being there. And that's one of the accusations you you hear a lot, um, a lot from the left, but you hear some from the uh, right as well. And they'll refer to uh, greedy pharmaceutical companies, greedy drug companies, big pharma, things like that, that just want to gouge people when they have life-saving medicines they have to take. Obviously, every company wants to make a profit. So where's the right balance uh, between regulating prices on one end or just letting the free market dictate what you can charge for medicines, uh, even if it's out of reach for some people? 
Well, ideally, you want to have a system where competition and markets set the prices because they'll always do a better job of doing that uh, than any government bureaucrat or politician would. And to the extent that prices are too high, and I I think most people would agree that that's true, uh, it's because we don't have a well-functioning market. It's because we have uh, things like the anti-kickback exemption that lets the pharmacies uh, pocket rebates uh, rather than passing them on to seniors at the point of sale. That should probably be repealed. Uh, We've got uh, the FDA approval process for new drugs is so expensive and burdensome and bureaucratic that it's very hard for products to get approved. So you often have one product and it's the only one because the other ones are being held up in bureaucracy. And so, you know, I think that our focus should be on streamlining the process of approval and making it easier and less expensive to get new drugs to market, which would lower prices and create more choice and competition. And Mike, we've got this remarkable example of what's going on right now in vaccine development. You know, we had a president who basically said, cut all the usual red tape at FDA, compress the vaccine development timeline from five or 10 years to one year. And it looks like that worked. And then the question is, Why can't we do that for all drugs? Why can't we streamline the process for approval and make it much less costly and much less time intensive uh, for all drugs so that we do get more competition so that we don't have as many circumstances where it's just one company that has a product and they've got the ability to set the price really high. We're visiting with Phil Kirpin from American Commitment. And uh, Phil, I think that is a great point. Uh, Are we compromising safety if we go back to a market-based approach and just let somebody put a medicine on the market without all of these reviews and approvals and things like that? Can the free market actually protect safety in addition to prices? Well, I think that the safety part, uh, you're always going to want to have a a pretty high level of regulatory oversight on the safety piece. I think that the efficacy question, uh, you probably need a lot less uh, government involvement and bureaucracy and so forth, because doctors and uh, researchers and uh, you know everything happens now so quickly. And you know, if, if once you know that a drug is safe, a lot of times it's going to end up being used for something totally different than what it was originally approved for. And we've got huge amount of off-label use of all of our pharmaceuticals. And then it makes you kind of wonder why did we spend a fortune and of in time and money uh, getting indications for particular conditions when a lot of drugs end up being used for other things anyway. And so I think most of the streamlining should come on the efficacy testing. I don't think you can really shortcut the safety part much because that's the one area where, you know, if you don't have high confidence that things are safe, uh, the drugs are not going to get used. And if they uh, do, there are going to be lots of lawsuits and so forth. So I'm not sure there's much bureaucracy that can be cut on the safety side, but I think there's a lot that can be cut uh, on the efficacy testing. Okay. So whomever is going to be president come uh, January, that appears to be Joe Biden right now, but I know there's a lot of recounts and lawsuits and things like that, of course. So I don't want to get into that, but if you could sit down with whoever is the president in January, what are the bullet points you tell them to say, this is how we make prescription drugs as affordable as possible and also uh, protect the ability for companies to research and develop new drugs, which can take uh, obviously a long time and a lot of money. Are there concrete steps that we can take in government right now? Yeah, I think the, uh, the simplest uh, that which have real relief at the register almost immediately without upsetting any of those incentives would be to end that anti-kickback exemption for the pharmacy middlemen. I think uh, that would be a very good one to start with. Second, I would say if you can streamline the process and make it less expensive to develop drugs and bring them to market, uh, that's just a huge win-win in terms of lower prices and more 
cures, more new innovative treatments. And so focusing on, you know, what can we learn from the streamlined FDA approval process we've had during this pandemic that can be made permanent so that we can make the process easier and less expensive for all new drugs going forward. That should be a real priority. And then third, I would say uh, that on this problem of other countries paying less for drugs than we do, which is a big problem and a, and a big political pain point, makes people very angry, understandably. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we, we really need to focus from a trade negotiation standpoint on getting other countries to loosen their price controls, to pay more of a market-based price so that we can meet them in the middle with them paying higher prices and us paying lower and still have that same strong incentive for R&D. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, something like prescription drugs that uh, so many people need has become a political issue. I mean, obviously, it's a regulatory issue, but uh, it's unfortunate it's become a political issue, Phil. Well, uh, anything that's causing pain in people's lives is going to become a political issue. But you know, we should keep in mind, as much as we hate paying for a lot of these drugs, the drug companies are doing remarkable things, making our lives better to develop these drugs. And in many cases, you know, a new effective drug treatment means avoiding expensive hospitalizations later down the line. And so we really are enjoying a lot of benefits of a lot of innovation. You know, 10 years ago, hepatitis C was incurable. Now they're like three or four different cures that are available. And so I think that we need to see the positives also, uh, but we definitely need to figure out a way to address the pricing issue, uh, you know, without undercutting those incentives, because if it's a political pain point, it's going to be addressed one way or the other. And if it's not addressed in a good productive way, then we're going to get the, you know, the hatchet government price control uh, way that feels good in the short term, but it has really bad negative long-term consequences. All right. People uh, find you where on the web and social media? AmericanCommitment.org is the website, and my Twitter is just my last name, Kerpen, K-E-R-P-E-M. All right, Phil, appreciate the insight and the information. All right, have a good one, Mike. Well, it's not just a religious issue looking ahead here. Marriage affects the likelihood of success when it comes to finances, education, and yeah, even health. So how is COVID and all the shutdowns affecting marriages in America? We've got some surprising information about that just ahead right here on American Viewpoints. feeling like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out being unemployed underemployed or just out of school can feel like that but when you find the right tools suddenly everything just clicks find something new.org offers resources that help develop new skills skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy find your path to a new career at find something new.org a message from the ad council 